This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. First and second round action in Des Moines on Thursday and Saturday will feature these teams. The number seven seed, Louisville, the third team out of the Atlantic Coast. Boy, Jordan Wara led the Cardinals in scoring and rebounding. He'll be on display, and they will go up against the second team out of the Big Ten Conference, the Golden Gophers of Minnesota. Coach Richard Pitino saw his team upset second seed Purdue in the Big Ten tournament before losing to Michigan in the tournament semifinal. Uh, to be able to finish as strong as we did, you know, to go into a single elimination tournament, knowing that you needed to win maybe a game, uh, and then be able to get that Penn State game, one of the hottest teams in the Big Ten, and then go get... Uh, Purdue, who we had just played, it was really, really hard. So it showed great grit, uh, toughness from our guys. So excited to be a part of it. This is what you dream of as a coach. I know these guys dream of it as players. So excited about it. The sound courtesy of CBS Sports and Richard Patino talking about that situation that you heard Greg Gumbel lay out. It is Mackie and Judd with Rami. I'm Rami Makloff, Judd Zolgad, Phil Mackie, Jonathan Harrison on the other side of the glass. If you want to get in on the show this afternoon, 651 646 Eight two five five a ten seed for your Minnesota Gophers, gentlemen. How much are you guys looking forward to Rick Pitino in a maroon and gold scarf sitting behind the Gophers bench, rooting just as much against Louisville as he is <laughs> hey, for his son? Li- listen, listen, the N- Louisville, the NCAA, Mister Wiseacre, doesn't provide matchups for for that. They this is a pure coincidence. That Louisville is going to play uh, it's the Gophers. L- it's Louisville. I'm not going to insult those people. <laughs> I'm not going to insult those people. But the NCAA, this is nothing more than a complete coincidence that CBS is probably going to be able to show Rick Pitino 87 times throughout the course of a basketball game Thursday morning. But in fairness, I don't think they're trying to make it seem like a coincidence, right? They they tend to glum onto storylines but Pretty I think much every year, but I don't they don't really run from that, do they? But no. I think they, but I think they have claimed before that they don't really. That oh, oh it's just oh no, ridiculous. we just see these teams against. You think CBS said okay, all right, all right, eight Big Ten teams are going to give us the Gophers, give us something. And I'm guessing because you're fighting, even the NCAA tournament is fighting for everyone's attention, right? Everyone's got 80 different screens they can be looking at. And I saw an interview yesterday on on Watch Stadium uh, where Tom Izzo is upset that Michigan State is, uh, they're the number six overall seed, but they were treated like the number eight overall yeah, seed because they, they have to yeah. face Duke. Yes. But if I'm the NCAA tournament and I'm the committee and I'm looking for the best possible juicy matchups, hell yeah, I'm putting Michigan State and Duke on the same side and having them uh, squared square up against each other earlier than, than later. So I don't know. I don't have a problem with manufacturing storylines. But I, do I don't have a, have a problem with manufacturing storylines, but when it's at the expense of a team who maybe deserves better treatment, that I do have a problem with. Because the most important thing is, and this almost never happens in the NCAA tournament because it is single elimination and you never know what's <laughs> going to happen in a given game, but 
me, I want the best team crowned at the end, and I don't want teams put at a disadvantage for the sake of a storyline. You know what I mean? That but, doesn't make much sense to me. But th- this, for for the uh, for the purposes of the Patinos, is fantastic. Oh yeah, for like sure. this. This is a no brainer. Absolutely, I love it. And, and I only hope that Rick that Rick is as close to the Gopher bench as possible. <laughs> he's given the pregame speech. Are you? He's going to be now. Inside Patrick the said on, on Unchained today, which is going to air at six o'clock tonight on the station, that Patino won the Greek championship for that yeah. team, and he's back now. Is that correct? He definitely won the Greek championship. So he he should be back though. I think so. Like this is all going to play he, out, he, right? He can, he can get back. Like yeah. you can't you can't get me to Thursday and be like. You know, Richard Patino's father, Rick's yeah. the former former Louisville coach, but he's not. You can't do that to me. He's getting I need fitted him there. for the suit right now. Yes, you I gotta need him think there. he's getting fitted for that suit right now. He's gonna have a like those Dumb and Dumber suits. <laughs> hey, what's but it's those? gonna be like a gold and maroon suit with the the maroon and gold glasses. <laughs> I would just, love that. Just sitting sitting there with a gold. Oh, he's gonna have a, the goldie uh, head on. Is that's what he might. You might be head. right. <laughs> and then take it head. off. And then take it out. Oh, it's Rick Pitino. <laughs> that'd be awesome. What if he does? What is the bane of soccer existence? The half and half. People do the half jerseys. Oh, I like half this. And half. He does half maroon, half half red. Oh, I don't think oh, he's, he's not doing any red. red. No. no, he's I don't suing. Think him. He's doing half red. He's suing him right now. <laughs> Although he could do half red just to troll them, I yeah. guess. As that lawsuit is is very much ongoing still, yes. right? Okay. Yes. Be interesting to see how that plays out on Thursday. Um, <laughs> but I was uh, I was kind of going through. I guess this happened the last time the Gophers went to the NCAA tournament a couple of years ago too, where uh, I did similar research, and it's I mean it's it's pretty amazing when you look at the Gopher basketball program for all the nostalgia. And and Rami, you're new to the Twin Cities here, so you haven't been swept up in this right. as much as others. So I'm happy to fill you in on this. Educate me. Uh, for all the nostalgia and all the talk about how great things used to be with the Gopher basketball program, the Final Four in 1997 and the, the Kevin McHale, uh, Michael Thompson, number one overall pick, this stretch of 25 years in the golden days of Golden Gopher basketball, right? You know, this is only the 14th time in program history that they've been to the NCAA tournament. I think Wisconsin's been to the NCAA tournament 17 times. Have they missed it at all in the last 20 years? They might have missed it once. I think once. Maybe. Since 2000, right? (laughs) Yes. This is only, let that sink in, this is only the 14th time in program history, and that's that's counting the ones that got taken off the board due to the academic scandal in in the 90s. You take those off the board, and it's like 11. Yeah. 14 times in school history, they've made the NCAA tournament. Really? Wow. And I don't bring that up to just do a drive-by trashing of the program and to <laughs> laugh. I, I bring it up for a reason, to put things into context. Like for the Patino hot seat crowd, for instance, I feel like if you're a Gopher fan in this town, and I've been guilty of this at times too, but I try to have some perspective. It's like Gopher fans, we get up in the morning and we look in the mirror and we see Ryan Gosling when we look at the Gopher program, and it's really like Steve Buscemi that's staring back right. in the mirror. We think, yeah. well, if, you know, look at all these other programs around the country, and the Gophers have this history of the Clem Haskins era and the Jim Dutcher era and Kevin McHale and Michael Thompson, and you add all those things up, and there's been some good peak moments, and Bobby Jackson and uh, and John Thomas, there's been some good peak moments, and Chris Humphreys of Gopher basketball, but the in totality... 
It's amazing the list of programs that have been to more NCAA tournaments than the Gophers. And yes, it's littered with Duke, Kansas, Michigan State. But it's also full of Weber State. New Mexico has been to more NCAA tournaments than the Gopher basketball program. Alabama, Birmingham. Wyoming, Davidson, Iona, Texas, El Paso. What? Murray State, New Mexico State, Western Kentucky, Utah State, DePaul. Like I could keep reading. And again, my point isn't to trash the Gopher basketball program. My point is to say, whenever we get a little bit too out over our skis, wanting to fire the Patinos and and wanting to compare the Gophers, old Michigan State does this and Michigan does this. Historically, this is not a storied program. So I think we should, when they get to the NCAA tournament, even as a 10 seed, we should not be above celebrating that. Essentially, and saying, you're All right, saying this is a good thing for the Gopher basketball program, regardless of what happens. You're saying baby steps. Yes. Like, let's not get carried away with ourselves. Yeah. Let's learn well, how to walk and, before we run. You'd like you'd like to establish, you, you'd like to have a coach here for an extended period of time to establish something. I, I think that's it. Like you, we go through, that's the problem is when, when two weeks back, when pe- people were saying fire Patino, that's why my question is, okay, who's next? Like, are you, are you going to go out? If you're, if you tell me right now that you can go out and get Bo Ryan, then I might be like, okay, we got something. There. I'd still say no to that. I, uh, no, 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 no. But yeah, not I, him I now. That. I'm saying, yeah. I'm saying if you, if, if, if Mark Coyle knows of the next Bo Ryan and can go get him. But that's why I think the question has to be, where are you going to turn next? Because we all, or, or we seem to, to have this, you know what, he's not good enough for us, so we're going to go get somebody else. Yeah. And then you do, and it's Dan Munson. Okay, where does that get you? Yeah. And and I and I would say, every time you start to look at the program, and like a year ago, they, they had a disastrous season, right? And they went they went 15 and 17, they went 4 and 14 in conference, they didn't even make postseason play. And it's, you got to get them out. Fire, 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 right? Um, but the other way to look at it is two of the last three years, they've won 20 plus games in the regular season. Uh, if you take their 2017 and 2019 conference records, they are 20 and 18, and they've gone to the NCAA tournament twice in three years. And Richard Patino, in the six years he's been here, two NCAA tournament appearances, an NIT championship in 2013 14. That six year run, is certainly not Michigan State. It's not Wisconsin, but it's not something you should look at and say, "Oh, you got to." Oh, this guy's got to be on the hot seat. I think you let him continue to do what he's doing, and I think you look at what they've done two of the last three years, and you say, "You know what? Based on go for basketball history, I think we should just take a moment and say this is good. This is a it's a good step. It's something to be celebrated. Something to be to to relish in." I don't think it. I don't think he should lose his job. I, I mean, they're in the tournament. You're not going to fire a coach after he loses his job. But on the hot seat, maybe maybe even a little bit warm seat, I can see that. And to Judd's point, I mean, you're because of what Phil just laid out there about the Minnesota basketball program, you're not going to get a great, like an already established great coach to come here and coach unless he's at the tail end of his career like a Tubby Smith, right? Welcome, Tubby Smith. You're also not going to get like the next big thing, like that hot name like Brad Stevens was for yeah. a minute, right? They, they so, tried to get Shaka Smart six years ago exactly. and they wound up with Richard Patino. Exactly. Shaka Smart was that next big thing for, for a minute there. So whoever you hire next... When when Richard Patino when Richard Patino's tenure is up for whatever reason and however long that is, you're trying to find that diamond in the rough, and you won't know you have that guy until 
you get them here, so it's a hit or miss. It's a hit or miss scenario here, where you're you're you you're going to have to hire a guy who you know very little about if you're looking for the next big thing who nobody knows about. You're going to have to hire a guy who you know relatively little about, and then hope that you found that diamond in the rough and you and he had some magic. You won't know it though until he gets here, and then it might be too yeah. late by the time you find it out and you're starting over all over again. So here are some six year comps, and, and I hate to admit this, but I I saw this in Sid's column on Sunday, but it's interesting. All right. Clem Haskins, six years in. Oh, his first three years were a disaster, right? right? But but you know, Clem, Clem was uh, Clem was Clem. Clem's first six years overall, eighty nine and ninety in the Big Ten. After six years, thirty nine and sixty nine. So the, basically the same. But but he had but he had the two the Sweet Sixteen and Elite Eight runs. Tubby. Now Tubby's an interesting one because we we recalled Tubby as a guy that didn't develop players. We were all excited when he got the job because, oh, my God, it's Tubby Smith. Six years in, 124-81, Big Ten, 46-62, and 62, three NCAA tournament appearances, including a win in the NCAA yeah. tournament that he led them to before Norwood Teague fired him. Patino, right now, 111-91, 40-70 in the conference, and this is his second appearance. So, yeah, it's, it's this... Trigger, hair trigger, let's just fire people thing with this program. It's not going to get you somewhere unless, as I said, Mark Coyle knows damn well sure I've got the guy. I've got the guy that can close the borders. I've got the guy. So so to your point, if he's just going to be like, all right, we're going to fire him and take a chance on Coach X because I think he's good yeah. to me, no. Yeah, like there's a list of Fred Hoiberg, and there's def- there's definitely a list that if you were to do an A-B test with me right now and say, all right, would you rather a Fred Hoiberg or a Richard Pitino? Well, I think Fred Hoiberg has a better chance to land a Trey Jones, even though guys like that are still going to Duke. Let's not kid ourselves. Uh, well, then Patino. And that's the question. Uh, we're actually we got we do have some calls lined up here, and if you have thoughts on the Gopher program as they go in, we're going to send Judd down to Des Moines on Thursday to do our show from the post game of whatever happens. Gophers Louisville. You know I love my Iowa six five one six four six. I'm I'm going twice now. Family. The wife this and weekend. I are going. <laughs> yes, we're going on Saturday too. I love Iowa. Can't get enough. Uh, six five one six four six eight two five five. What do you love about Iowa? I'm joking. Oh, okay. Oh, good. that was complete right. sarcasm. And she's not off work yet, so no, okay. no, no. It's Iowa. Because I spent time in Iowa. There's not a lot to love. Peter and Fridley, you're on with Mackie and Judd and Rami. Hey guys. Um. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with uh, with keeping Richard because, like you said, you're not going to get you know the next. Uh, or you're not going to get a big time, big money coach because they, frankly, they can't afford it here. And why would they come here anyway? And the reason Wisconsin's so successful is Barry Alvarez retired as football coach, and now he's the athletic director. And they keep, you know, they've got a system there, and they promoted the, his assistant to the football program. And Greg Gard took over the basketball program. They're not, they they know who they are, and they don't try to be who they're not. And they they have a consistent program, you know, and that's what recruits are looking for because when you go out to recruit if you're always firing coaches believe me these other schools are going to use that against you you know duke's going to come in and say well do you want to really go play minnesota they might get rid of the coach in three years and you might be on the bench and so uh yeah i mean let's keep this guy and uh here's a great story they could have had john wooden he was waiting for them to call and offer him the job they said they're gonna offer him the job they didn't call and ucla called and did offer him the job 
And so he accepted it. And then Minnesota called and said, we were trying to call, but there was a snowstorm. The phone lines were down. We couldn't get through. But he said, I'm sorry. I I really wanted to come there, but I already accepted UCLA. True story. He could have been here. And John John Wooden wasn't following the Gophers on Twitter, so they couldn't DM him. And it was just, they they couldn't get a hold of him. Yeah. They Facebooked him, Instagrammed him. Nothing worked. Uh, All right. Chansey and Fargo. What's going on, man? Yeah, good to talk to you guys again. Say, um. I don't have any problem with them keeping Patino around for a little bit. Uh, you know, I think it was an average season. You know, I guess they made the tournament, and that keeps you interested for another year. But uh, my my concern is always when they come with the, what I call the premature contract extension. You know, another school gets rumored that they're looking at him, and all of a sudden we had three years and another large buyout to his deal. And I just get tired of that. I didn't like that when the Vikings picked up Zimmer's option. I, I wouldn't mind letting some of these coaches coach out to the uh, end of their term or at least with one or two years left. It it gets old because any time a guy does just the bare minimum, an extension is forthcoming, and then it's a circle because as soon as he has a couple of poor seasons, people say, well, the bio's too high, we can't get rid of him. And I, I just don't want him to lock themselves in. Let's do a wait and see and uh, bring Patino back for another year. Sure, Thanks and, a lot. and here, let me add this too on Patino. All right, I know that I'm, now I'm, I'm about to start twisting stats in my own not positive narrative way. <laughs> Coach of the Year Award or something for Big Ten, are you? Well, he already won that once. So, No, I mean for this year. No, not for this year. Okay, but right. he won that two years ago. Okay. Or whatever, three years ago. <laughs> so it's it's really easy to say, oh, he's 40 and 70 in conference. He's trash. 30 games under 500 in conference. That's enough. After six years, get rid of him. Uh, but two of those seasons, he was... 24 games under 500 because of two just disaster seasons in which players got suspended or kicked off the team or injuries or whatever it was, right? So what what's what's a more meaningful measurement over 6 years? The 40 and 70 conference record or that in 3 of the 6 years they were very competitive in conference, if not above 500 in conference. That basically every other year they've been really competitive in conference and they've beat ranked teams and they went to the tournament twice, and the year that they were on the bubble and didn't get in, they won the NIT. Like that, I think putting it into context is more meaningful than just saying, "Well, he's forty and seventy in conference. That's a disaster." Clem Haskins was the same record. You just found it. It was thirty games under five hundred in first six years. So three seventy one. Saying I, I know I'm a Richard Pitino apologist, but that's my take on it. No, I think that's a very. That's a good perspective on the numbers rather than just looking at them and, and just reading what's on paper and, and accepting it at face value. I think you're looking at it with some perspective and, and, and looking at it from a different angle than necessarily just what's there right in front of you. I think what makes it a little bit tough, too, is gopher fan in, in football and basketball especially seems to be either so such an ardent fan that, that they lack common sense or they are like, fire these guys. And there's no happy medium of what are we. And and that doesn't mean that you can't improve, but it does mean that that there has to be a realistic assessment of where your your program is. And unfortunately, at some point in time, uh, Wisconsin in about 1990 or so separated a lot. And until you can get there, and I don't know how you do if you do, there's got to be a realistic judgment of the program is just here. And so if you're going to fire Patino, okay, are you going to go and prove or are you going to fire him because you, you think you can sell 15 more tickets? Yeah. That's yep. the weird thing about this. And, uh, and and now when it comes to actually advancing in the tournament, one last nugget on this and then we'll, we'll get into uh, another thing here. But they've only been to the Sweet 16 four times in program history. Four 
and none since the 1997 tournament that, 97 that we don't speak tur- of. That 97 tournament was great, though. Regular season conference titles, three since World oh, I'm War serious. II. I'm serious. Why don't we speak of it? Uh, it's the... That's a whole long story, okay. but it, they took the banners down because of an academic oh, okay. scandal, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. which is the most minor scandal of all time. Now that you look back at the 20 years it's of scandals, joke. Like, I remember like, what you're like, talking about. Yeah. Rick, like Rick Pitino's program had a prostitution ring, for God's sake. Allegedly. In a dorm room that was named after his late brother-in-law, and I will not have you besmirch that dorm. Allegedly. <laughs> that dorm, don't. Don't even talk about it. Uh, if you want to chime in. Rick Pitino's going to be courtside on Thursday, it's going to be just. Fantastic. It's going to be amazing. You can, <laughs> it's going to be fantastic. You can chime in 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 one of two ways: six five one six four six eight two five five. If you want to call and talk to us, you can also drop us a line in our Twitch comment section. We are live streaming on Twitch. Twitch TV. Did you go back to the, the original camera angle, or are we still at the? It's in the middle. Oh. You're going to be okay though now because you're off to the side, and and I think you're shielded. No, on Mackie and Judd with Rami, all you can see on the stream on Twitch is my head because I'm behind the show logo, which is exactly how I like it. Any video that I appear in, if we could just put graphics over everything but my head, actually, <laughs> put it over my head too. <laughs> I'm fine with that. What is wrong with you? You're not. It's not. You're. It's not bad. What, what if we just Phil's chair is bad though? <laughs> Phil Phil probably looks like he weighs three twenty five right now. <laughs> Because that's shooting right into his gut. Let's take a look. What if we okay. just put the camera on your forehead, like like the GoPro style, and you <laughs> look fine? You could record us. I'm on camera. It doesn't bother me. Uh, by the way, the Score North mobile app is now available in both the Apple and Google Play stores, and it's free to download. In fact, we have a special right now. Our app is free what? right now. Yeah, it's just free. Really? Yeah, it's a special. Free? Yeah. And it's, it's going to be charged for eventually? We're giving this uh, it's, away? It's a month-by-month plan. It's just free. Wow. What? That's just outstanding. I might download it if I knew how. <laughs> we'll teach you during the break. Yeah, Thanks, uh, but we reward you the longer you listen. That's right. If, if you can, you can win. We give away multiple prizes and gift cards and various items to people who listen the longest every single month, even weekly giveaways. So, uh, so get in on that. Download the Score North mobile app in the Apple or Google Play Store. So what you'll find. Not only live shows like us right now, Purple Daily, Touch Em All, Score North Live with Matthew Collar, et cetera, et cetera. All of our podcasts in one place and written content about the Vikings, Twins, Wolves, Wild, uh, some Gophers, and uh, Minnesota Sports News Alerts wait, wait, as wait. well. My written content's free as well? Uh, yes, it is That free, wasn't yeah. part of my contract negotiations. Yeah. Well, you I get, thought it was going to be behind uh, some you, type of wall. You get paid, and we'll put oh, you. Oh, that's the wall. what. It, yeah, I know you will. Thank you. You're sending me to Iowa. You're, you're kicking yeah, you me missed, down to. You Boulder. misunderstood what they said, Judd. That, Seth Auger and I <laughs> taking the trek down 35. They no, said you weren't getting paid, and they were going to put you behind a wall. That's that's what they said. Nothing but flat land on Thursday, Rami. Nothing yeah, but flat land. That camera angle doing you no favors, Mackie. No, because he's he's slouching yeah, too. You're very slouch. I'm gonna, like you tried not to slouch. Right. I mean, it's probably the flatbreads I ate this weekend that are. <laughs> Me no favors. Oh, I could admit that. Uh, should Ryan Saunders keep the job? We'll discuss and present some evidence for one side of that when we come back, Judd Zolget. But first, I want to talk about my friends at Serta Pro Painters. And as m- most people that listen to the station know, I often voice my frustration with local pro sports teams, right? Colleges, too, local teams. Well, I want to tell you about a team that won't let you down, not one bit. And those are the folks at Serta Pro Painters. I am thrilled by the job they recently did at my house, making our guest room and bath. That's right, two rooms. They look like new. 
And two words immediately come to mind, professional and thorough. And I don't want to also forget the attention to detail that was shown by the folks at, at Certa Pro Painters. Now it's your turn to contact Certa Pro Painters and feel the same satisfaction I did. Maybe you need a room or two painted or an exterior work done on your house this spring or summer. It helps that each Certa Pro Painters business, independently owned and operated, so it's right here in your community. I urge you to schedule your free estimate online at CertaPro.com or by calling 800-GO-CERTA. Secure your spot now on Certa Pro Painters spring painting schedule because slots are going to fill up fast. Find out for yourself the type of quality you get from Serta Pro Painters. Again, get your free estimate online at CertaPro.com or by calling 800-GO-CERTA. That's Serta with a C. Serta Pro Painters. We do painting. You do life. Hey everyone, it's Matthew Collar. All of our Vikings coverage used to be on 1500ESPN.com. Well, now you can find it at the all-new ScoreNorth.com. That is S-K-O-R-North.com. That's where you'll find everything from Judd Zolga Adds blazing hot takes to Sage Rosenfels' analysis on the Purple Podcast, my coverage on a daily basis of the Vikings, free agency, draft scenarios, interviews with football insiders, everything you want, Purple Daily, the Purple Podcast, Vikings Vent Line, it is all at scorenorth.com. Thank you, Jonathan. We are Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new ScoreNorth and scorenorth.com. Live streaming is always on live.scorenorth.com. Before we get into this uh, Britt Robson anecdote from, uh, well, he wrote a story about Ryan Saunders, and there's a couple little anecdotes in there that are worth flushing out here. Let's take one more call about the state of the Gopher basketball program heading into just their 14th NCAA tournament appearance. Mark, you're on the show. What's up, Mark? Hey, guys. How's it going today? We're doing all right. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing outstanding. Sunshine. It couldn't be better. Hell yeah, I'm not one of the the Minnesota Cardigan wearing fans, but I've been a fan of Minnesota sports for longer than you guys have been alive. And I used to be that I felt, you know what, if a guy, if they couldn't do anything with them, with a, a team, you know, Minnesota team, and get them to a, a success within five years, and definition of success is being competing for championships, I used to think, then you need to dump them, because they're a dime a dozen. At this point, I've come to the realization that, like you said, Phil, Trey and Tyus Jones, a lot of these other kids are not going to stay in Minnesota. They're going to go to Duke. You're never going to compete with Duke in North Carolina. Um, hell, even Michigan State, to a certain extent, you can hope to compete with them better. It's no different than the football program. I think if you get a coach that's enthusiastic, at least can fake it, and is enthusiastic about what's going on on campus, about something in Minnesota, I think you stick, you stick with them and you ride them as long as you can. All right, Mark, thank you for the phone call. Isn't there also a little bit of validation, too, that if you've got a program that is doing fine, it's not competing for championships, but they're going to the NCAA tournament you know, every other year or so, and that coach, instead of getting fired, that coach goes to a different job at some point. That just looks better, doesn't it? Because if it's the other way around... I mean, there was a lot of chatter when Tubby Smith got fired around the country. Like, I heard, heard through different people who follow college basketball closely and they were like what locally it was a no-brainer you got to fire tubby you just the tubby air is done but around the country it was like what do they think they're gonna get tubby smith went to and the wh- ncaa tournament three times and why was that like why and, and i get the one thing i get was it did feel it did feel like his investment might not have been as fully there as we expected and i also feel I can't name a player now that played for him that I think got a lot better during his time here. But when you look at that record, 
And when you look at the fact that he was coming off an NCAA tournament appearance in which they won a first-round game, why did we feel that need that when Norwood pulled the trigger that this was absolutely the right call? Well, for one, he was more and more seemingly checked out as a recruiter, as an in-game coach. Uh, he was getting older. I think you're looking for a coach of the future, a guy who could maybe be here for, for 10 years. And like all the, like Tubby was very much temporary. You know, like who thought that Tubby was going to be there for like 10 years? And he wound up being there for what, five years? Six, six years. Six years. So he got six years. Not, not uh, a super Famous short Patino step. right now. But to answer your question about doesn't it look better when somebody leaves for a better job than than getting fired? That's that sounds great on the surface, but I'll tell you in in my time working in Wisconsin, when I first got there, Tom Crean was the coach at Marquette and they had some success and he left for the bigger better job. Then Buzz Williams came in and he had some success and then he left for the bigger better job. And Marquette fans were getting annoyed by the idea that their school, that their program was this stepping stool program or stepping stone program where people would, it was just a stop on the way to something better. And yeah, I mean, it's better than being a crappy program that never has any success. Yeah. But at some point you want that coach where that program is, is the destination for him. That's where, that's where he wants to ultimately be. And that's what you had in Bo Ryan, but they had to go to a small school in UW Green Bay to go and find Bo Ryan. And then he got to Wisconsin where it was, that was his, that was his ultimate goal. That was his paradise. So he wasn't looking for anything bigger or better at the time. I think that's what, if, if you want to have a long term successful coach at Minnesota, you got to find that guy who has ties at least to the state, if not the program itself, where this is the destination for him. It's not, it's not a step along the way to something bigger and better. And I don't know if Richard Patino is that guy or not. My my guess is, let's say he let's say uh, he continues to carry the program forward without on the verge of being fired. Right, like he they make the NCAA tournament once every other year. My guess is it's more of a stepping stone for him mm-hmm. than it would be for Ryan Saunders. Like if Ryan Saunders took the job in two years or five years, he's not going to leave. Yeah. It's possible Ryan Saunders is. I mean, it would well, it would take a lot of money and a lot of he he was for good enough, job, right? But yeah, but now we just like put a coach into a hypothetical job and got worried that he was going to leave there for a second, which is classic <laughs> Minnesota. I I would just like to see the point where where this football and basketball program because they're Big Ten programs, they're good. Right. Get to the the point where where they have enough success and your coach becomes embedded here, and it's not this constant. Should he be fired? Okay, if he's not if he's not going to be fired and he's too successful, he he might leave. And Phil's right; the paranoia about that here is incredible. But this is a good program, and if you could ever establish these two programs as being on solid foundation, it would be nice. Where it, if you're not going to compete for championships, you at least feel that that team is consistently going to be competitive year after year after year. Yeah. Um, we're going to, Jamie Watson scheduled to join us. So mm-hmm. I think, I feel like we should devote the proper amount of attention to some really good stuff on Ryan Saunders. So maybe we do that at the, the uh, top of the hour and, uh, and also mix in some Vikings news and notes as well. That work for you guys? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Hold, race on, past I'll, this. hold on. I'll check. Yeah, I guess it does. Your okay. schedule clear? Check yeah. your schedule. My schedule's okay. 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 Thank right. you. Cool. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all new score North in the TCL studios. Where we've got uh, two nice TCL TVs in here. We've got a PTI on one that you can't see on the Twitch screen, but we've got uh, a 55 inch TCL 4K Roku TV in here. It is amazing how many people, thank you to all you listeners who've sent us pictures 
of your TCL TVs the last couple weeks, uh, just randomly tweeting us, hey, been listening to the show for a while and uh, was in the market for a new TV. So we went the TCL route thanks to Mackie and Jeb with Rami. And uh, we appreciate that. We know that TCL appreciates that as well. Uh, so thank you. You got to see the new lineup of award-winning TCL TVs. If you're not familiar with superior 4k picture quality and Dolby vision, giving you greater contrast, brighter, more accurate colors and lifelike images from the brightest of brights to the darkest of darks. It's the best TV on the market and it's America's fastest growing TV brand and a huge TV brand worldwide for a reason. Go check it out for yourself at any major local retailer in the twin cities or TCLUSA.com. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Rodriguez tried to fire that one through, redirected. Now controlled by Metanair out on the far side. Gregouche up the right side, trying to settle it there. Is Delati in traffic. Now Gregouche steps over a man. Gregouche, top of the box, fires a shot. He scores! Jan Gregouche with a Minnesota goal! All right, that was Dan Terhar on the call right here on Score North. And score north on 1500. And you can listen to Minnesota United soccer all season long on uh, the good old fashioned radio airwaves, score north on 1500, or the mobile app live.scorenorth.com. Jamie Watson, part of those broadcasts. Jamie, random question for you. Hey, buddy, what's up? So, uh, Minnesota United FC uh, had the scarf raising today at Allianz Field. When did scarves become the thing in soccer? And why are scarves such a soccer thing? You know, that's a good question. I feel like I should know that answer, um, and I absolutely don't know it. But what I will do is I will ramble on like I do. Um, I think the reason they're so iconic is because you can put your team on it. Um, You look at Liverpool as a team I support um, in the English Premier League, and they'll think you'll never walk alone before the game. Everyone has their scarves up. It's just a, a representation of who you support. And here in Minnesota, you can wear a scarf for about 10 months out of the year. So I think it's a perfect fitting for Minnesota United to, to have their scarf raising instead of a ribbon cutting today at Valley Field. So you'll have to forgive me if it's a little bit loud. I'm sitting here right now in the stadium uh, with a collective who's who in the state of Minnesota and around MLS and the ownership group. I mean, it's, it's incredible and uh, perfect timing to, to call and talk to you guys because Jonathan Harrison, Dan Carhart, they'll be live on site on April 13th um, from literally five feet from where I'm standing right now to broadcast the home opener. It's, uh, it's going to be incredible, boys. So is a scarf raised to the top of the stadium here, or what do we do to signify a scarf raising? It was, it was a giant scarf that went across I mean, the entire that's stadium. That's literally, that's I'm not even kidding, that's what I envisioned when you said there was a scarf raising. <laughs> is it going across Snelling now, connecting to a bar, or how are we doing this? It happened again. Oh, I think we lost. We it, lost, Jamie. This happened for the second consecutive time when I was trying to ask a question. When you ask a he borderline is, foolish question about soccer, yes, he just hangs up. He just hangs up. <laughs> he acts like the nicest guy. You guys, these are great questions. You, Judd, bang. You're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> nicest no, guy in the face of the earth. It was, it was fans and people with their scarves all holding the scarves oh, up. But I didn't air. know if Not we, like, like, one if we like raised up a flagpole. Okay, I'm really, I, hey, guys, I'm so sorry. It, again. it sounded like Judd was talking soccer. Uh, so I it's totally just <laughs> do it that I promise. 
Jamie's got the, the plastic bag next Ronnie, to him. Ronnie, do you oh, want to give it like a shot? Got some static. Clearly, I get no respect from Jamie Watson. What Judd was asking was, was a giant scarf raised? Would we say, when you say scarf raising, what is what exactly does that mean? Because I was envisioning the same thing. Like, like you would raise a banner into the rafters in the stadium. He and I were both picturing giant scarves <laughs> being raised into the rafters at Allianz Field. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully we'll have some players that come and do uh, some significant things in the stadium that we can uh, raise their their scarves and jerseys into the Raptors here as well uh, as we kind of create some history in the stadium now that we're here. But uh, basically, it was our version of a ribbon cutting, making the stadium uh, officially official. It's open. Um, we've got a ton of really cool uh, commissionings from now until April 13th with the home opener uh, when we take on NYCFC here for that uh, matchup, the sixth one of the season for us. We've still got two more on the road. Um, but it, it was our basic uh, welcome in. It, it's official. Instead of cutting the ribbon, we raised the scarf because that's what we do. That's one of our things when we um, support Minnesota United, when the fans are in the stadium and they're singing Wonderwall at the end of the game after a win. Everyone raises their scarf loud and proud and sings. So it was only fitting for this club, wasn't it? Uh, where... Uh... I don't know how if you if you're going to rank all of the different atmospheres in MLS and home field advantages, what type of place in those rankings does Allianz Field have a chance to to be at? I mean, people talk about Seattle and Portland and and the the soccer culture up in that part of the country, but uh, what do you expect to see here in about a month? Oh, I think they've they've earned the right to be the Seattle and Portland have to be the, the standard barriers of what you want to try to recreate. But with, with Minnesota United, I think as soon as people start to see games actually played here and players start to see games against here and the games are broadcast um, from here and people get to see the atmosphere that is established at Allianz Field, I think quickly we start to quickly put ourselves in that discussion because of the 19,400 seats, uh, the safe standing section behind the goal called the Wonderwall where the fans sit, where they do the singing. Once they fans sit, they stand, where they sing and, and cheer and and kind of lead the atmosphere from the stand, uh, I think you start to say Minnesota United has to be in that discussion right away. Um, the intimate nature of it, for, to per, put it in perspective, if you took this entire stadium, you could put it all in what the equivalent of the lower bowl is at CCF Bank Stadium. So while the ticket people may not love me saying this, if you can buy a ticket, if you're able to get one, even if it's the top seat and the top of the second level, go get that seat right now because you definitely want to be in the building. There's not a bad seat in the house. You just want to be in here to be able to see it, be able to feel it, be able to experience it. Uh, so our level of in-depth questions only goes so far. When I say me, I mean myself, or we, myself, Rami, and Judd. But Jonathan Harrison, who does the pre, half, and post game for uh, Minnesota United here on Score North, he can go very deep. He can do the deep dive. And so we're going to do this whenever you come on. John, uh, Jonathan is just going to ask a couple deep dive questions that probably make our heads explode, but you guys speak the same language. Are you ready for this, Jamie? Absolutely. Jonathan, you, you've done a great job so far with the free app and post. You are killing it. He's also done an incredible job helping us produce the Adrian Heath show. So, yes, I would love to talk shop with Jonathan. All right, Jonathan, the floor is yours. It's a deep dive what is this into the world of Minnesota United FC. Yeah, what is this music? This is the World Cup theme from 1982. Oh, <laughs> randomly on our button bar. This is great. And this is awesome. Oh! And my guess is that Watson's phone connection will be just fine while these questions are being Wait, asked. Hold on. I want to play this again. You're just fine. It's going out right now, but I bet when Jonathan starts to talk, it'll, it'll perk right up. Listen to this guy's voice about 10 seconds in, by the way. 
Here, crank this. Here it comes. There it is. That's Jonathan, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I recorded this just a little bit ago. Sounds like a nightclub. You got some pipes on you, Jonathan. Clearly, it sounds exactly like my voice. What nightclubs are you going to where that sounds like a nightclub? I don't know. Soccer this nightclub. Is a very interesting nightclub. <laughs> all right, Jonathan Harrison, deep dive. Go ahead. All right, so we all saw FC Cincinnati open up their first home game yesterday, and that crowd was spectacular, especially the pictures of the march, the pregame march. To the stadium. What does that really say about just the growth of this sport in this country over the last 10, 15 years? Well, I mean, when you when you start to think about large markets, I'm not sure Cincinnati is the first one that comes to mind, but they had this incredible push when they were in the USL, much like Minnesota United had when they were in the NASL, uh, the leagues that are just below MLS, essentially AAA um, for the baseball guys, the judge. That's the equivalent. AAA was what Cincinnati was, and now because they paid the fee, much like Minnesota United did a couple years ago, they were essentially pushed into the upper echelon, the the, the big show in Major League Soccer. And yesterday, was, as Jonathan mentioned, it was their home opener. You guys, when I saw this photo, I want you to, if you're if you're on Twitter, you're already following Score North. Maybe maybe I'll find this photo and I'll tweet it at Score North so you guys can can retweet it so you can see what it is that I'm talking about. It's this photo that almost looks equivalent to like the iconic Woodstock photo where you look out and you just see people for as far as the eye can see. There's this main road that leads up to Nipper Stadium where they're playing while they're building their own stadium. They're, they're going to try to outdo Allianz Field. I don't think they're going to be able to. And their march to Nipper Stadium is just full of orange and blue, their colors, people as far as you can see on the way back. It's incredible. But it just goes to show that I think people sometimes overlook cities like Cincinnati. Um, maybe easy to do when you've got the Reds in your market and that's your team. But, you know, it, it, soccer is this incredible growing sport that people support wholeheartedly. And they were doing it for years before it was on the main stage, much like here. And it's great to see them get their glove on a national stage. and got a big win over the Portland Timbers this week. Uh, hey, is, uh, is Adrian still down for the count here? Or, is he, or, or who are you bringing in studio tonight? Adrian, Adrian's walking around here. Actually, I was just uh, I was just standing next to him a couple minutes ago, and uh, asked him if he, you know, was going to be all good to go for the show tonight. And he, he told me he's all good. So oh. last week I thought he was choking it when he said that he had a, a double root canal and an abscess, but he actually missed the game this weekend. So it, it kept him down all weekend. So Adrian's actually telling me, yes, Adrian, I'm on right now with the Score North guys. You're all good. All right, he said he's all good. He can't wait to do the show tonight at 7 o'clock. So um, it's a pretty cool event we got going here, and he's all good to go. He's back, and I'm sure we'll ask him all about it tonight on the show. Yeah, I think white wine helps with uh, tooth infections. So just tell him. It, it does. It does. Pinot Grigio helps to go yeah, right just, now. Yeah, swish a little Sauvignon Blanc right in the in the dry socket. <laughs> said Dr. Great. Phil yeah. Mackey. <laughs> right. Uh, Jamie Watson, we'll catch up soon. All right, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Can't wait. Uh, to be back on. Love being on the show, even with you, Judd. I was going to say, despite the, the fact that you uh, get disconnected when I ask questions. See you, Jamie. <laughs> All right. Bye. And, and the Adrian Heath Show, uh, live on Monday nights at 7 o'clock on Score North. That's you can cool. also find it on demand. We actually have a Score North soccer podcast for you with the Crafty Rogues and the Adrian Heath Show. I was trying to ask soccer questions, and I guess they weren't good enough.
Not like Jonathan's. Well, I mean, he's he's the pre half and post game voice. Apparently, the voice of the 1982 World Cup. <laughs> no, that's a different dude. Don't laugh about that. It's no! good. <laughs> you know, no! why is that on the button bar? Oh, it goes like, back we a did long World time. Cup I didn't stuff. Put it in there. We've done oh, World it. Cup stuff, you know, once in four show. summers. Yeah. Yeah, we we did World Cup stuff, and then we would break Phil in would if there was a the goal, goal. We would just like start playing, yeah, with the goal World call. Cup songs. Really? I don't play the goal call. Have that on if you here. still have that, I know it's it's. It was fantastic. I just want to know what nightclubs Judd goes to. Yeah, where he said does that, that, that not sound like a nightclub? No, no. Like the guy starting to sing. <laughs> yes, the it does. Last time you've been to a nightclub? The last time. <laughs> well, Saturday probably. I don't know. <laughs> and some guy was singing really well, Jonathan. You have? I have no problem with that. What was wrong with that? The guy's got a good voice. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. It just doesn't sound like nightclub music. It sounds like a nightclub to me. Here. Let the guy sing. In what country? <laughs> you don't know that I don't travel. I might travel. I love this guy. Could you not see listening to this guy as you're being led to your table? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I could see like a little, a little quartet in a table in a, for two. Table yeah. for yeah, two. Yeah, a restaurant. Yes. Yeah, at a restaurant. Not like a nightclub. Oh, nightclub restaurant. Nightclub, Would you I guys? Nightclub. I think like a dance joint. Not. Oh no, I'm not. not ta- no, no. About. You you're know what? We're from different generations. <laughs> what does nightclub mean to you? <laughs> nightclub now means we're a, the deep questions. A nightclub does not mean what Jonathan's t- talking about. I think of a, a restaurant nightclub. They they used to exist, okay? But a restaurant and a nightclub are two very distinctly different things. Are okay. Thinking, are you thinking of a dinner club? Yeah, a supper okay. club. Okay. Yeah. A supper club. A supper club. Like a, a place supper where you club. Go a dinner for, club. Yes. Like thank you, Robbie. a place where you go for dinner and a show? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's like a... So what you're saying is there's like... A, you guys are a, thinking of like a, a bump and grind. You got dirty minds. I'm thinking of a, a, a nice supper dirty. club. Nobody said anything dirty. You're the one who We're just talking about there. dancing. Well, exactly. <laughs> so you think it's a supper club? You go in for a Friday fish fry, and all of a sudden, like, <laughs> oh, no, I'm thinking a steak. I'm thinking a steak. I'm thinking a. St- I'm thinking a nicer joint than a fish fry on, on a Friday. Oh man! During Lent, maybe Fogo de Chao. Maybe Fogo de Chao. Yeah, could you not see that? You walk in and they're playing that, and then they you go to your table and the guy's singing. Oh, and that's very nice. Uh, all right, I'm I'm starting to see Judd's way on. Thank you. No, you're bit. not. It's all because Jamie Watson hung up on me again for the second consecutive time. Man. Oh, man. All right. Should Ryan Saunders keep his job? Let's get into that when we come back here. Ryan Saunders, I'm sure, is a man of many nightclubs. We could ask him at some point. Uh, yeah, exactly. All right. Federated. Your impression of that guy? Yeah, that was just quick. Oh, okay. Oh, right. Robbie. Bye. Federated Mutual Insurance Company reminds you to drive safe. Staying rested and alert is the best way to ensure that fatigue doesn't become an issue behind the wheel. If you're at a nightclub late and you're tired, don't get behind the wheel of a car, okay? Here are some facts on drowsy driving from the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration that might surprise you. 90,000 crashes involved drowsy drivers just a couple years ago, and drowsy driving accidents happen most frequently between midnight and 6 a.m. Many crashes in which fatigue is a factor involve a single driver with no passengers and happen on rural roads or highways. May or may not be coming back from a nightclub. 
so when you're alert and well-rested, you're doing your part to help everyone make it home safe today. Have some self-awareness in that regard. Federated Insurance. It's our business to protect yours. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 3. It was my first time traveling alone. Packed my car with hiking boots, a camera, and my dog, Randy. I don't know what I was searching for. Maybe it was something new with adventure. Maybe it was the idea of vacation I would never expect. Filled with wildlife, national parks, rivers. Whatever it was I set out to find, it was all there and more. Because there's so much South Dakota. So little time.